Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamir Murabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Man, Steven, it we're so we're officially back together. The old Rough Rider <laughs> crew officially back together from now till the season and hopefully more seasons in the future. Um, how is life? What is what is going on? Uh, I mean, it's still pretty boring. I'm still furloughed, so. Um, I still got like another two weeks before I get to do anything really exciting. What does that mean in two in two three weeks? What's like do you get your job? That's like back the expected like return to work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, so what have you been doing to fill your time? A lot of Xbox. Um, doing like Amazon Prime now, Prime Video, because I like expired Netflix. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I mean, I watched a couple of movies. I watched that new one that came out, like The Vast of Night, last night. And it was it was pretty interesting. So, uh, a lot of nothing, really. Same, same. I mean, like, I have been watching movies. I've been reading more books. I guess that's good, right? Reading books is good. Yeah, they say that makes you, like, smarter. Yeah. Uh, trying to stay fit, running and stuff. I went to the zoo <laughs> the other day, and that was, like, that was a weird experience. So I heard it was like a toured one now, like you have to like follow this like specific path. Yeah, and you have to you have to come ahead of time. Like you have to go and log in what time you are going into the zoo. So like for example, there's a QR code that you have to scan or you whatever at the zoo. You have to go to the website and you have to choose what time you're going to show up at the zoo so they can be aware of you know who's going to be in the zoo and so they can block off other times as well it's a pretty weird situation going down but i mean you know like they say you know stay six feet away from other people but I mean, other than the, who's in your party uh but you know when there's a tiger right next to the glass ain't there's nobody there's nobody <laughs> listening to that but uh yeah so something we used to do was just like 
put a funny story out there before we talk about other random things. So, like, in you know, this weekly stuff, that means Steve are going to do is we are going to cover recruiting during the week and then definitely some league news that pops up. And so we would do a funny little story before that. So uh, this week I thought was really awesome. They mentioned it in the Norman transcript, actually. So it's pretty local. The Norman school board, they held a meeting. And it was, of course, a Zoom conference. And they were all just, like, joining and stuff like that. But it was, like, a town hall meeting. So they put their join code because with every Zoom meeting, there's a join code that you can create. They put their join code in a public forum where anybody can access it, okay? And so they're trying to carry on this meeting, and all of a sudden, some dude randomly hacks into, or just probably just has the password, gets into their Zoom call, like this official business of like who's getting rehired and who's getting money, money <laughs> expenditures where, and all of a sudden it's this naked dude that like they as the Norman transcript suggested like it's dancing around and doing other suggestive things <laughs> on the Norman school board and I they said everybody was scrambling to turn it off and uh, that they would reconvene that they would reconvene that Zoom meeting I believe the following Monday which I think is just pretty pretty interesting and I mean for some it's like wow that's horrifying and disgusting for me I'm just like well I mean put the password in an open forum and anybody can yeah. get there and see those things so it's it's all kinds of uh it's all kinds of great great stuff going on but yeah i thought it was pretty fun. like you have to imagine being the leader of the school board and being the school board members and just seeing that and being like oh my god <laughs> i need to shut this down now so how many people saw it like were they already like live streaming it? I you know so I think they're already live streaming because I believe either either the school board or somebody else, but the Norman transcript came out and said, "Hey, if you happen to take screenshots of what happened, <laughs> you need to delete those ASAP because you could be in possession of child pornography." Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because the the guy might have been like sixteen or seventeen. I don't. It was just like wow, like. That's a, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a meeting to have. Like, and, and, and they must have not gotten very far because he just said, you know, yeah, we'll do this on Monday. So, happy school board meeting. It's really, 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 really odd. But yeah. I mean, it's 2020, so. It is 2020. I mean, nothing has really gone right this year. Really. Yeah. Ever since February. Like, January, January was okay, right? No, that was uh, World War Three. Oh, started off hot. That's right, it was. Wow. Yeah, this year it really has sucked, huh? And there was what? Kobe. Kobe in February. Coronavirus. And then yeah, when COVID-19 started to really get hot around the world, outside of China, in February, in early March, and then it was just super downhill from there regarding the United <laughs> States. Yeah. Slippery slope sucks man but there's good news because recruiting for the Sooners is seemingly on the up and up especially it being right now it's June 16th which means July 4th is what two and a half weeks away and then the the Sooners uh, 
are definitely anticipating Nathan Rollins Kibonge from, I think, Portland, Oregon, from the West Coast to actually, he's set to commit tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time, which means, of course, it'd be 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. And the Sooners are looking for some news there. So let's start talking about recruiting. And the Oklahoma class in general is, it's all right. But people understand that there's a lot of good news on the way within the next month. Would you say that? Oh, definitely on July 4th. So you're looking at uh, maybe a run of four, maybe five recruits somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, and we can talk about this right now. Just So July 4th, everybody, several, I don't want to say everybody, but several people expect Caleb Williams to commit to Oklahoma. That's definitely one name. And Bryce Foster has also been another another one of the recruits that has often tweeted out the hot dog, the fireworks emojis. So maybe he's another one. But how many would you definitely expect? Because to me, I'm expecting at the minimum maybe two or three. I don't know the maximum because there's a lot of players that are suggesting like, hey, you know, uh, there might be a few more players than you think on July 4th. And that's like not that's that's just ignoring Nathan Rollins Kabange tomorrow. But how many would you be expecting and what would be a letdown as far as the number of commitments for Oklahoma? I think a letdown would be two. I think you can definitely get two for sure. If that was like the bottom end, um, you're looking at, you know, an upwards, I would say like five safe as a max high, maybe six. Uh, but you have all these recruits that um, that are said to be riding this wave of momentum that's supposed to be soon after the Caleb, Caleb Williams uh, announcement. And other names like Jaleel Farouk is another one. He's another right. guy out of that area. Uh, there's a Juco kid. I can't remember his name right now out of the DMV area. Um Oh, he's a he's a JUCO wide receiver that knows Killabooms pretty well. Is escaping my name at the moment, but there's a lot of Sooners coming from this Baltimore area because of Caleb Williams. And talking about let's get let's get back to the commitment that's supposed to happen tomorrow at Nathan Rollins Kabange or NRK. He's a four-star prospect, according to 247 Sports. I don't. I think he might be three stars on Rivals. I have no idea. Uh, but just but 247 Composite, he is a four-star. He's like six foot seven, 240 something pounds. He'll be like six foot eight by the time he gets to OU. He's a power forward in basketball. That's his sport. And his story behind him is he has played organized football one year and that was last year and he caught a lot of eyes and he already got to four stars specifically because of his frame what else do we need to know about nathan rollins kabange well i think he's he's one of those guys that just stands out he has a motor um and that's a big deal as far as it comes to like defensive linemen because you got guys that are real big but they tend to be for whatever reason more on the lazy side you look at uh, some of the past defensive tackles uh, for OU, kind of had that. Um, you even talk about Gallimore, like he had a big motor, but it was only, you know, for one quarter of the game, and then he sits it out. Um, so it really took a while to develop that. So you look at Nathan, um, six seven. 
He's a pretty lean guy right now. He's more of a basketball player, like a power forward than a football player. But uh, you're looking at a guy that can be like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and maybe 260 by the time he gets on the campus. And you're looking at maybe another 20 pounds after that. So um, those are two things that stand out. And he is 100% going to be a strong side defensive end in mm-hmm. Grinch's system, right? He wouldn't. Would, do you think he'd be a guy that would also go inside or no? I could see them trying it out. I think he his high side's on the outside. Um, but, you know, with that frame, he maxes out at maybe like a 290. Um, that fits right up there with what OU's looking at. That makes sense. And so the Sooners should be looking forward to some pretty good news tomorrow. And then, then we have this weird saga of Isaiah <laughs> Coe and his commitment to Oklahoma. Now, how it's been phrased to me is that he is committed to Oklahoma and we don't necessarily know that Oklahoma <laughs> is committed to Isaiah Coe. And the, the thing is, Isaiah Coe is one of the top JUCO players in the country. He comes from one of the top JUCO institutions in the country. So you don't want to ruin your, you don't want to burn your bridges with Iowa Western. You don't want to do that, especially when you have Perry and Winfrey, who just came from that institution and has, you know, wants to be a part of this. And right now, like, why, why would the Sooners, why would Alex Grinch, and Lincoln Riley not want to take one of the top Juco defensive linemen in the country other than they just have several irons in the fire that want to commit a la Burris, Abiyar, who's still in the fold at Notre Dame, by the way, or Gilliam. Like, why, why is this, what is going on with the, the defensive line in general? I think if they didn't take Winfrey last season, they would definitely take Co. right now. Um, if you take two JUCOs, you risk that chance of just log jamming guys. Um, you know, maybe guys don't want to develop because they know there's a JUCO guy coming in. He only has two years of eligibility, so uh, he's going to get played right away. Um, so that has a lot to do with it. I'm not sure if Coe's talent um, is in question here. I think he's a great talent, and I'm, you know, he doesn't have an OU offer without being evaluated. Um, well, committable offer. We'll go committable offer there. Like, um, nobody has – Lincoln Riley liked his tweet saying he was committed, yeah. and several others liked his tweet. I think Annie Hansen was the only one to retweet him. <laughs> but other than that, no – it's really awkward. It's like they're stepping on eggshells around a recruit that is fully committed to OU. He, it's in his header. Yeah. It's, in, it's in everything. And so 247, which is run by CBS, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. they – have Isaiah Coe as Oklahoma's eighth commitment. However, Rivals does not have Isaiah Coe as a commitment to Oklahoma because they don't feel like that thing has been affirmed by <laughs> the Oklahoma coaching staff. Because you didn't see, you didn't see, you know, Jamar Kane, or you didn't see Calvin Thibodeau say, "Oh, War Daddy alert!" You know, you didn't see any of that. It's been so awkward and so quiet, and people are still stepping on eggshells because of Coe. So. What happens at the end of the season if Burris, Abiara, and Gilliam are all willing to commit to Oklahoma? Does Coe get kind of like that? What what Oklahoma got for Orlando Brown at the end? Just get booted and go to somewhere else? Um, that's a good question. I don't think I would think they would let Coe know right away um, if they were going to land those four. Um, you know, you don't have a spot here. Um, right now, I'm not sure if that's being communicated, and maybe they're just kind of mm. figuring things out. 
Um, maybe he didn't tell the staff that he wanted to commit and he just kind of announced it. So uh, it will be interesting. If that does happen, I would see, you know, numbers-wise, codes out on that. Do you think Oklahoma would at all try this year to, of course, they would pro- they're going to process more individuals. Do you think they would maybe process try to process another individual to make a spot for Co? I mean, he is a JUCO guy. I believe he has what four years to play three. I think so. So, do you think that they would maybe oh, no, process he'll be a, a guy? three to play two? Three to play two. Okay. Yeah. Do you think they would maybe process a guy in favor of Co? Or do you think because this is not Kansas State, this is not West Virginia? that you're not trying to operate off of junior college prospects no matter how highly rated they are. I can't see them really booting anybody away um, for that. He's just not a guy. I mean, he's a, he's a great talent. You'd love to have him. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's not a five-star guy. Right. Like, you just don't – you can't live without him. Oh, you can live without him right now. That's fair. So, Christian, moving on to another guy that we've talked about several times and actually was a – was in the fold, according to others at one point. Christian Leary, once a part of the Serious Three, which I I think I, it's fair to say would be, what, Kamar Wheaton, Caleb Williams, and Christian Leary, right? Or no, it was... Right. Was it Kamar Wheaton or was it Mario? It was uh, Mario Williams. Mario, both the Williams yeah. and Leary. And now Christian Leary is trending to Florida in kind of, it's a Bama-Florida battle, so Oklahoma is definitely going to be looking to replace Christian Leary. And so who they, who might they look into a direction other than Emeka, is it Ogbuga? Ogbuga, Ogbuga, yeah. <laughs> From the West Coast. You know, who, who else would they be looking to replace him with? I think you named it before with Jalil Farouk. Uh, yeah, he was same the first area as Caleb popped Williams. Up, right? Yeah. And I mean... OU's been recruiting him separately, but, you know, once the Caleb Williams uh, connection came in, it kind of kicked it off there. So he's definitely a guy. Um, I think he sees himself as maybe uh, wanting to be the next C.D. Lamb. He kind of fits that profile as well as as far as the body type. Um, So he'd be the immediate connection, and I think OU is in a great spot for that. Um, You look at, like, Sturdivant um, a little bit farther down the line. I think OU kind of has shifted back in his recruitment a little bit, but... You know, um, with Leary seemingly out, do they go back in? Do they recruit him, um, try to make a run late? Yeah, because Lincoln, he never leaves recruits out in the cold. He's always seemingly there. And, I mean, like C.D. Lamb, yeah. he committed OU and then decommitted, and OU kept kept tabs on him while C.D. Lamb went and take, took visit, visits to Texas A&M or wherever else he wanted to go. And eventually Oklahoma got him back in the fold, and I mean, it turned out it's a fantastic thing because Oklahoma maximizes talent. And to see, you know, Christian Leary, once he started wavering, all of a sudden you started to see a lot of steam to pick up on Julio Farouk, and that's not that is not a coincidence. It's like, oh wow, Oklahoma's offering another wide receiver. Like, no, there, there's a, there's reasons for that. For like, there's just just as if Caleb Williams for some reason. If Oklahoma decided to pick up more steam with um, Brock Vandergriff again, people should probably start getting concerned about Caleb Williams being in the fold. You know, it's it's simple things like that that are simple numbers. That it's not just a shifting of like ideologies. It's simply that hey, you know what? 
uh, this guy probably isn't going to make it. So we're going to start shifting our focus over to this guy right here, which makes a lot of sense. So 4th of July fireworks, you mentioned maybe upwards of five guys, as, at least as many as two. Who are you optimistic about other than you know Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams is definitely one of them. Who are some of the other names that you're optimistic about over the next two and a half weeks on Independence Day? I think you have to look at Bryce Foster. I know he's kind of uh, said he wants to um, kind of trail out his recruitment a little bit, maybe take some visits, um, especially being a track guy. Um, I think he wants to visit Oregon. But um, I would look at him and maybe just, you know, spur of the moment. He has been one of the guys that tweet out the hot dogs and the fireworks. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to look immediately there. Um, Jalil Farouk. I think him and uh, Caleb Williams have been working up together, so maybe um, maybe they get out together and they're working on a dual announcement, something like that. So those would be the immediate two. Um, I guess you could say maybe Kamar Wheaton jumps in there finally. Uh, that would be about it. Kamar Wheaton's been relatively silent, uh, like especially when you have guys like Farouk, Caleb Williams, and others. And Williams wanted to be mm -hmm. in in Norman. He wanted to make a video, you know, just like a lot of other recruits they want to do. He wanted to be in Norman to make his commitment video, maybe with Jewel Farouk, because they are friends. And I know that uh, Joseph Wette is really good friends with Caleb Williams, and they've been working right. out together, you know. And so it all just fits so well and so naturally for Caleb Williams to go to Norman and Farouk as well. And I'm just trying to think of others where Caleb, where Kamar Wheaton has been relatively silent and you know, Kamar Wheaton had a hell of a had a hell of a four day period right before <laughs> COVID nineteen kicked off. He went and visited Oklahoma March 9th. He went and visited Texas March tenth, and on March twelfth he was in Dallas visiting SMU. And the thirteenth, all the shit shut down. So he had three unofficial <laughs> visits back to back to back. And then everything is done. So if people are wondering, well, why is he looking at just those three schools? I know he's a, from, he's, a, he's a Texas kid, but why are they looking at these three schools? Well, I mean, this is why. And so SMU, seemingly what, what I've heard and what I'm sure you've heard is, is, like, is actually like a dark horse. And it seems like Oklahoma's first, Texas is second, but SMU is not far behind at all for his services in second. Maybe he's like 2B. Two two and... What is I can't, I can't get my mind wrapped around Kamar Wheaton and the skills he brings to the table other than he has an immaculate one-cut abilities and he has an immaculate ability to floor it once he hits the open field, once he gets an opening. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of Rodney Anderson as far as running style. Well, he's not yeah. going to juke you out of your shoes. He can use his hands, but once he's able to one-cut you, he can go. Is there any other comparison or any other guy that he reminds you of? Uh, I think he reminds you a lot of Ronald Jones, honestly. Uh, more like the USC years, not really the NFL kind of seasons. But uh, a guy that can obviously, he has a, the next gear, that OU. There's not an OU back right now that we know of um, that really kind of shows that. Hmm. And you, you have like Mixon, you had Rodney, and then it kind of dropped off as far as like overall top-end speed. And Oklahoma um, so he's another guy that can just yeah just break. Oklahoma it open. hasn't had a five-star recruited running back since Joe Mixon, <laughs> and that was right after the yeah. Sugar Bowl that Bob won against Alabama. <laughs> and so it's, it's been a while. Do you, do you think Kamar Whedon is 
a type of running back that is going to be special, like a Joe Mixon or like a Rodney Anderson? Or do you think he's got kind of a guy that's like a Samaj P. Ryan where he's got great talent and skill, but he may be not necessarily upper echelon of Adrian Peterson, who wasn't necessarily the high skill athlete, but he's a very high skill player, of course. Whereas DeMarco Murray's a very high school athlete for the modern game. Maybe that's what I mean because Adrian Peterson's a high school athlete. But DeMarco Murray, Joe Mixon, those guys come from the same vein. Do you think that Kamar Wheaton is of the upper echelon talent? Or do you think he might be a step down to where maybe like Rodney Anderson is, Samaje P. Ryan is, to being a really, really good running back, uh, but not, you know, just above average? I think. He'd be closer to there's that little voice crack. It's like the allergies. Yep. Uh, I think he'd be closer to like a Mixon type. I don't know if he's there. I'd put him like maybe a little bit above Rodney because okay. Rodney looked like a guy for a while. Yeah. I mean, he he's looked like that guy. And, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's like three like devastating injuries he was in like, a row. What? What he? Like, he <laughs> broke his like he broke his neck. He broke his leg, and then he tore an ACL. It's like ankle. Like, yeah. Geez, like, it's like gosh, and he's gonna. And all three <laughs> running backs, Mixon, P. Ryan, and Anderson, are all in the Cincinnati backfield right now. That's gonna be. Their one's gonna get cut. There's yeah. no way they keep all three. Gonna but get cut. That'll be fun to watch. Oh, I guess. Uh, I guess Christian Leary just committed to Alabama. So there it is. that Florida Alabama thing has taken shape. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, um. Texas gets yeah. two high-profile defensive backs in one day on Monday. Then they have their coach like they ha- their their coach tries to Roy Manning it, but he just keeps on keeps on saying hook them to really old school rap, which I'm cool with because I like old school hip hop. But he just kept on saying hook them, and it was, seemed very Roy Manning ish. But I'm just thankful that uh, Brian Carrington didn't talk about the Brian Carrington didn't tweet about you know the power shift that hasn't been able to come to texas yet but texas gets two high profile defensive backs but oklahoma has yet to get even the high profile defensive backs from their own state and they've got jordan mukes they've got him tabbed but they haven't gotten kendall daniels yet and is there any worry for sooners here for sooner fans and for lincoln riley alex cringe is there any worry about oklahoma and their defensive backs recruiting or should they feel relatively comfortable you should feel relatively comfortable. Um, you still have Latrell McCutcheon out there. Um, obviously, you have who the told in-state. Texas to take his offer to take their offer back, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, Latrell McCutcheon, Prophet Brown's another name out there. Um, out of California, he looks more to be like a like a nickelback, maybe like a safety. Um, but you know, they'll probably offer him at whatever they take. And then you've got. Uh, Damon David, um, out of the DMC area, which is another guy that looks to be, he's a little bit underrated right now. Like he's like a mid three star, but I could see him kind of creeping up into that fringe four. Okay. Um, big dude works out with Caleb Williams. Uh, so that's another one of those connections. Man, I saw Prophet Brown's tape and he is primarily a running back. Right. So uh, you look at his huddle film. You're not going to see that much of his skills at defensive back, um, but you will see his athletic specimen on tape and his explosion, his ability to high point the ball, his ability, his just overall awareness is pretty incredible. 
And I think Prof Prophet Brown, not only is his name really, really cool, of course, uh, but, I mean, I think he'd be a big pickup for the Sooners. And, again, mm. they're not picking up guys that are shorter than five foot eleven. They want guys that are about six feet or six feet in, tall in, in cleats. And they want dudes with long arms everywhere, all over the field, on the defense because passing lanes and keeping – press available for Alex Grinch and just disrupting all the passing lanes available. So like comfort level, let's say 10, you're super comfortable. One, maybe a press the alert button. What would you put it at for Oklahoma Sooners defensive recruiting in general? Uh, I'd put like a, maybe like a 5.5 or a six. I don't think there's really anything to worry about. Um, now is it gonna like just reach your expectations? Maybe not, um, but they're putting together like a, a pretty solid class. I think it's probably gonna rank up in the end of the rankings. I think so too. Like I think if things fall into place like they should, Oklahoma is more likely to end up with a maybe top five or six class than they are somewhere between seven and fifteen. Right. So that's of course duh good news, and if you especially if you keep on galloping in all this high-end defensive talent i mean that's that's good news to anybody's ears especially if you've watched 2015 to 2018 where oklahoma <laughs> has effectively wasted Dude, years defense. and years of immaculate offensive play just to see the defense let them down of course um but league news man and just this can be like general notes, but it's really just league news. Mike Gundy, that whole saga is just a complete shitstorm. And I just remember seeing the picture of him wearing an OAN shirt, which is what is it? One, what is what is one it? One America, One America News, or One Network, America Network, yes, or something. Like, I don't know. And. And like I'm not surprised yeah. by that at all. Just by look, just by knowing Mike Gundy, and of, of course several of the past instances. Like I'm not surprised by what he's wearing or what he says. You know, he's he's very unapologetic by everything. He's more of a guy that apologizes for you being offended, but not what he actually says. Of course, he's done that several times. And then his Heisman caliber running back from Canada, Chuba Hubbard, tweets out, you know, hey. We're not. He basically he says we're not going to do this. Like I'm, he's standing up for himself, which you know, as an athlete, I think that's a really awesome of him to do. I mean, he's standing up for himself, and I took a nap, and then I woke up, and it was a total shitstorm <laughs> of people quoting Chuba Hubbard and saying they've got his back. Of course, these are former athletes, former Oklahoma State grads like Justice Hill, and several others. And even current athletes at Oklahoma State saying, you know, they're not going to take what that means. And and then, of course, you have a bunch of racists in the replies, and it's not any fun going on down there. And then it then it got more weird because Holder says, oh, man, this is a, this is a grave situation. And people started to think, <laughs> oh, Gundy is going to get fired by the weekend. And I was like, oh, this is, this is good. This is fun. And uh, – then the video comes out between Chuba and Gundy, and take me step by step of this video how you viewed it. It was, I mean, it was just awkward. It was like, 
first of all, you mentioned before, they did it right in front of, like, Cowboy Culture, the, their big <laughs> sign in there, but they didn't even, like, center it right. Um, so, like, just the setting already was weird, and then you have Mike Gundy kind of, like, staring into the camera, or staring above the camera like he's reading something, and uh, it was, like, almost, like, like, scripted, and he's like, all right, and then point to Chuba, and then, you know, Chuba talks, and I don't know what, he just... I don't know even what... Do you know why they made him apologize? Was it just because they didn't go through the right channels? I I don't know. Chuba... I, I can't tell if it was... I can't tell if it's... It's like one of those things where maybe you called out somebody and you just want to be courteous and say, you know what, I'm sorry for not coming to you. for You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, don't want that person... Is... You don't want that person to feel totally terrible about themselves... And even though, like, you basically called out somebody and you don't want to be that asshole that's like, hey, I'm calling you out for being what I think is maybe a racist. And, uh, but then you say, oh, well, man, you know, you know what? In the end, it was my fault. I shouldn't have done that on Twitter. I should have just come to you like a man. It has that vibe to it where Chuba maybe was going to think about saying that in general, anyways. And he, and he's, put that out there either because they said hey we should both say that and let it like let's say our piece and make something else up the next day like they did but it felt really weird and the part that made me feel most weird wasn't what gundy said because he was like yeah we're gonna move change moving forward and i was like what's that mean for gundy he's just gonna be less insufferable during the season like like what's that mean and he's a pr uh, guy I just don't know what that means. Like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna change going forward. Like, what are you gonna do? Not wear that shirt now? And like, how do you even get that shirt? Do you like, are you just a frequent watcher? And I don't. <laughs> that's like, what I that's, thought. That's my thing. Like, is it? A, it might have been a gift. Who knows? It might have been a fishing. Like, he was on Texoma, so it might have been a fishing shirt. He's like, oh, you know, somebody gave it to me, so I'm gonna wear it. Who knows? And Chuba apologized for saying he should have just gone face-to-face like a man, which it, that's commendable, and that sounds like a very Chuba Hubbard thing to do, especially when you see the statement he put out today. That just seems like a Chuba Hubbard thing to do, and you got to appreciate him for that. And then, but then, it got really weird. Like, I don't even think that the majority of that was weird. It was definitely staged. The whole, like, <laughs> Mike Gundy apologized. And then he points at Chuba says, like, all right, your turn. And I was like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> and then after Chuba gets done, they they just immediately look at each other and they dap each other up. And that's the video. Like, why are you dapping each other? Like, whose idea was it to, like, be like, all right, homie, like, dap each other up? Like, what are you doing? That made the entire video way more awkward and seem like a hostage situation than anything else. Ugh. That was that was just so cringy. It was, it was it's, like a it's high Mike school, Gundy. Like movie you would make with your friends. That, yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things that you would make that for class where it's scripted and totally just like you know, it it's just like you have an outline. I need to say these words. Alright, your turn. And instead of just being very organic and saying what's on your mind and what's on your heart, these guys clearly had something they wanted to say. I think Chuba Hubbard literally just said what he was thinking the first time. He's like, you know, I should just come to you like a man. But Mike Gundy's like reading off a teleprompter and the behind them. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, dap it up, homie. And it's like, what the heck is going on? You think he had on? to ask what that meant? 
What's dapping up? And he has sons that are in high school football. Mike, just turn over there and give him a handshake. Or I guess or his youngest son is now at OSU, right? I think so. Like so, he, he's been around his. Do you have one kids. more in high school? Yeah, he's got to know. He, he he's his his son's been around athletes. They have to know what dapping it up is. I mean, he he's around, he's around black men as a job. He has to know what dapping it up is. <laughs> but it reminds me of that video when former President Barack Obama was walking in Team USA's locker room. Do you know what video I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. Like, Barack Obama is walking in to oh, yeah, yeah, Team yeah. USA okay. basketball, and he goes to the coaches, like, and these coaches are white, and he's, like, shaking their hands, firm, firm handshake, and then all of a sudden he gets the KD, and he, like, daps him up. And, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's the funniest thing. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, it was just a really weird. And then Chuba sent, uh, puts out a statement. I think it's the same day, that same evening, or it might have been the next day. And it was very eloquent, very, very articulate, something that you would expect from Chuba Hubbard. Really respect that from him. And then Mike Gundy, I think around 4.30, Mike Gundy around 4.30 then decides to put out his own video, and it was incredibly awkward. Like, I could not, I couldn't, I, I just felt so uncomfortable, but I thought it was a really good start. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Did you see the Doug, Doug Gottlieb stuff today? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the list of demands. Yeah. It was, like, the, what was it like music, earrings. Yeah, it was no derogatory music, and it was like toward women and other races. And one was earrings, like you said. And then a couple of them were kind of like vague. One was, well, one was sagging pants. It's like, okay, that's not vague. Another one was uh, no do rags, which I thought was really, in, I, for some, I want to know this. <laughs> People said it's a really big deal that Oklahoma State let Chuba Hubbard wear his do rag in the video with Mike Gundy. Why is that Maybe a Maybe there's deal? something to Gottlieb. I don't know. And then another one, which I thought was interesting, was hair. It just said hair. <laughs> so I, maybe they're not allowed to have out of hair, or maybe they're not allowed to have certain hairstyles. But Bullets regardless, only. a lot of like Tylen Wallace and a lot of other high-profile athletes on the campus right now told Doug that he had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, I mean Doug's just kind of out there. I feel like right now he does he doesn't serve a purpose. If Doug Gottlieb told me that water was wet and fire was hot, I'd get a second <laughs> opinion from Dean Blevins. Oh, and geez. then I would get a third opinion from somebody else. Like, if you believe Traber. anything, oh gosh, if you believe anything you hear from Doug Gottlieb, get a second opinion. <laughs> Jeez, like, how, how in the world? So, of course, like, 
he's just like, oh, some people make mistakes, and da, da, da. I was like, shut up, Doug. Nobody cares. And, of course, everybody's going to ratio him with fraudulent credit card usage. I did, too. You know, it's fun. Uh, but it's like, Doug, shut up. Nobody cares. You put you put together two staffs to be the head coach at OSU basketball, <laughs> and you weren't even hired yet. Like, what are you doing? Shut up. Go do something else. And he was good originally. He used to be... He used to be on the sports animal with Trey right. Burton and those folks. He used to be actually a good dude in that facet, but now he just sucks. And maybe it's because we actually have to hear him talk more. I wonder if he's burned some bridges. Those like sources aren't as good, so That's he just true. jumps at everything. It's like a Chris Broussard when he yeah. said uh, <laughs> when he said Mark Cuban was like crying on his phone trying to find out where uh, DeAndre Jordan was living in Dallas or Houston. And Cuban tweeted back at him, was like, hey, jackass, I know where he lives. And then Broussard was like, oh, this is awkward. Like, Doug just needs to shut up. So a bunch of OSU stuff, I mean, you love to see it. It's funny. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was enjoying it. I got my popcorn out. Um, but, yeah, just a bunch of o- OSU stuff. And uh, between Gundy and Gottlieb, I mean, you got you got to love it. You have to love it. But on a more serious note several states and it's like now it's trending in a different direction early covid states in march and uh april and even early may were big cities uh new york um and in other other like coastal cities i guess you might say with massive say like new york city uh san francisco seattle etc okay and now you're seeing several states surging in covid that aren't like so you're seeing them oklahoma's already past the peak that they had in april and oklahoma and texas is surging arizona is in a really bad, bad shape like they are in really really bad it, they are calling that an epidemic uh, epidemic center because they are in a far worse place than brazil peru and several other places in south america is right now and they're just like a lot of these states, you can pinpoint the specific dates in which they started opening, like a soft open, a medium open, and then a hard open of all of these things. And it's gotten bad pretty quickly. And because, you know, in doctors and epidemiologists and virologists, they can all get out here and say, hey, you know, it wasn't because of this, it was because of this. But the, 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 the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's always somewhere in the middle as far as what caused all these cases and hospitalizations, especially in Arizona, which is just, it's a really bad case right now. They're, they are swamped and they are really in the weeds. And, um, you know, you start to wonder about, you know, sports. And it seems like now, because Texas has had like their a high nine out of 10 days, I think. And it's just to keep on surging in different places in high schools that just have, have to cancel practice randomly in the middle because somebody had gotten sick. And it's just, I don't, I, you look at that for high school, you look at what Houston did for COVID in general, which was, oh yeah, we're not going to test our players when they get back. Just if you don't, if they look sick, we're going to, then we'll test them. Like, no, like that's, that's no, it's not how this works. And you just look at this and you say, wow, like things are getting a lot worse really, really fast. In a matter of a week, it got rapidly worse and immensely worse. And 
So now the doubt of sports starts to creep back in your mind, especially football in Texas. If they are really messing with the UIL in Texas and they're starting to have second thoughts, we got some issues. So I think sports being in jeopardy is creeping back on the minds of several people. It's definitely creeping in the back of my mind as well. To you, Stephen, what is the percent chance that there are sports in the fall as of right now, it being halfway through June? I'll go... I'll go like uh, 70% right now. I think it's going to happen. I just don't know how, um, what they're going to do with with fans. I kind of thought, you know, because it was pretty quiet here in Oklahoma, so, you know, maybe they they allow, you know, 20%, 30% of fans in. Now I just think it's going to be none. It's but I think they'll play. I'm not sure if they'll play their out-of-conference games. Um, neutral site, like you mentioned. Uh, but I think it will happen. Just for how long, truly, really the big question. What about high school sports? That's turning towards no for me. If it gets if it gets bad in here in Oklahoma, there's just no way they're going to let teams travel across the state. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't, I don't, I can't see it happening right now. I mean, and I know, like, it's June 16th. And a lot of these students, a lot of these kids, you know, in high school, they should have just gotten out for the semester two and a half weeks ago, you know? So it seems like, wow, it's June, it's already June 16th. But in, in the retrospect of things, hell, it's it's just June 16th. You might look at this July 15th and then start making a lot more heavy decisions because then by July 15th, you have two weeks till August. But it just right now, it just seems that Jeopardy is creeping in the back of your mind of, are we going to have sports? Are we not going to have sports? What's that going to look like? And, you know, I could see there being fans in college football. I could see there being a maximum of like 30,000, and they have to be spread throughout the entire stadium uh, of in Oklahoma, uh, Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium, wherever you want to call it, Owen Field. I could see them forcibly mandating masks in the stadium and if you do not want to wear your mask you can walk your happy ass right back out the stadium and you know gary from binger is gonna be pissed <laughs> but you know what gary's gonna wear that damn mask if he wants to watch the football game and you know people are gonna try to be clever and they're gonna like well i'm gonna take it off as soon as i get in the stadium i have a suspicion that yeah you know what nope that's not gonna happen because there are gonna be those guards that they would typically have student guards uh, police in the student section to make sure you didn't bring alcohol in the stadium which never happened because well it <laughs> did happen all the time actually uh, but they didn't really stop anybody unless you were that person and I foresee maybe somebody doing that except with face masks and be like hey yo put your mask back on like if you want to stay in this game you have to be wearing a mask right and somebody's going to complain about their freedoms being violated. And it's just like, shut the hell up. It's a pandemic. It's a deadly virus. Just just cooperate. Just like the rest of the developed world. Just cooperate. And everything will be fine. Enjoy your football. I'm sorry you cannot eat your chicken fingers right now. And so, right, I would agree. I think there's sports in the fall still, but that doubt as, you know, as the weeks go on and um, I'm trying not to get political, but as, but as weeks go on, you, know, you see governors and you see, you know, other mayors starting to say, you know what, like, 
we might have to dealt, we might have to dial back on this. Like Mayor of Norman, Bria Clark was like, hey, you know, we might have to dial back on all the stuff. So it's starting to creep in the back of your mind for high, for high school athletics, definitely, because these are high school kids. These high school kids are not signing waivers to play football in case they get COVID. Right. These, and what if schools don't even open for like a month? Yeah. And so I, I have no idea what any of this looks like. So in other news, what is Aggie doing? What is Texas A&M doing on their campus where you have one population on the right saying Aggie traditions and you have another population on the left saying, you know what, we should take these down because these guys are relatively racist and supported slavery and several other things. What What is going on? Like, do you, I mean, I don't know if I have the whole story. I just saw the video and I saw what Kersey was talking about, but I don't know the full story behind it. Do you know much more about it than I do? It's the, the statue is like the Civil War general whatever. I forgot his name. But, uh... I guess, I don't know. I feel like there's two sides. I feel like there's the Aggie fans, which is like a relatively younger mm-hmm. group. And I feel like you have Aggie cult, which is like Tex Ags and all their fans. And, the you know, one side wants the statue there because it's always been there. And one side wants it's gone because it's just a symbol of racism. I mean, it, that's it's not that hard to understand. Just take the statue down, put something else, put a Manziel statue there. Yeah. I saw a post on... Uh might have been reddit that they said they should just take all the statues down uh and replace them with bucky's statues i'd be for that i'd be for that too it's fantastic bucky's is wonderful when's the last time you went to a bucky's probably october or so what did make get? Like, a special stop uh, i got some shirts um i think we got some white claws for oh, there it's fantastic <laughs> yeah a uh, bunch of snacks. I mean, it's like on cue. But much better. But like 20 times better. Yeah, it's probably the best gas station I've ever been to in my life. It's like a grocery store. It really gas is. Station. And they can have like, you can get, you can get like actually pretty decent barbecue and mm-hmm. all the sea salted caramel and everything else. It's fantastic. I make sure to make my stops at Bucky's when I'm in Texas. So, or just so. put one in Oklahoma. That too. That would always work. <clears throat> There's one in Denton, by the way, for people listening. Right. So it's pretty close. Uh, blue chip ratio. That we we've, we've talked about blue chip ratio quite a bit for some reason. I I remember somebody telling us we should pay attention to the blue chip blue chip ratio. Very original idea. Yeah, and uh, turns out stars matter. Who <laughs> would have thought? I had no idea. That getting more five stars than three star, but five star hearts was a big deal. So, for example, Alabama, Georgia, except for some reason, Georgia, by the way, and Ohio State, all 80% and above, their rosters filled with four star and above guys. Texas, and here's like the next tier, which is like a rough shot of teams Texas, LSU, Oklahoma. Clemson and Florida, all about 64-63% of blue chip ratio. And then there's just another drop-off. Now, knowing what you know about Oklahoma today, and knowing what you know about them with the Link Up 21 class for 2021, 
that ratio is going to increase going upward for Oklahoma. Do you think Oklahoma can win a title in the next few years? Oh, definitely. I mean, their talent's only gone up. It's just it's a little young right now, so you don't really see it. It's not as apparent, um, especially in the offensive line and defensive line. But, uh, you know, as you surround these guys, surround these quarterbacks like Caleb Williams um, with, you know, other four-star, five-star guys, they're going to eventually pop, you know, get over that hill of a semifinal and then eventually a championship. Right. It makes sense. Like, And people forget Clemson has always been this. <coughs> They're kind me. of an outlier. Yeah. Clemson, they won their national title when their blue chip ratio was like in either like 61% or in barely over 50 something percent. And Oklahoma has actually eclipsed Clemson a couple times in the past uh, five years that they had a higher blue chip ratio than Clemson did. But Clemson, because of how they played defense and how they found guys in the rough, like, tra- uh, like Etienne, he was a three-star guy out of Louisiana that LSU didn't want. And so now he, he's going to go high in the draft the next time. Or well, he's going to be one of the better running backs to take out. I wouldn't say high in the draft. And they've just had really good athletes in specific positions and top quarterbacks because good defense – and immaculate quarterback play will win you a ton of games. Oklahoma had immaculate quarterback play for four years, save 2019, and it got them to the semifinals, and it really could have got them over the hump if the defense just had a pulse. And that's what Clemson's been doing. Play good defense, have great quarterback play, and it's worked out incredibly well for them. So do you think Oklahoma can... Do you think Oklahoma gets the championship game with Spencer Rattler, or do you think that's a thing that happens to them when they have Caleb Williams? I think they can get to the championship game with, with Spencer Rattler. I think so. Within, you know, what's that, three, two to three years? Yes. So I think they're obvi- they're in that range. Okay. Um, especially if you give them another year to kind of gel and, and develop. They're in that range. I think I think so, too. I think... I think the championship window, of course, I think it's closed this year, especially with COVID and all that stuff. Like everything's going to be moot unless OU wins, and it's totally fair game, and OU deserves that title. <laughs> but um, twenty twenty one moving forward, I think that I really think that their championship window opens because now you have Jaden Hazelwood off injury, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges. The offense is just there, and then. Right. You have another year in Grinch's system with high-quality athletes that he actually recruited, not using Mike Stoops' players and actually making them actually play really high-level defense. So I think the next, I think 2021 on can be really special for Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. Now, Lincoln Riley's predecessor, (laughs) Bob Stoops. Remember they used to call him Big Game Bob in 2000 and 2001? And then that moniker moniker just went away. Riverboat, yeah, the Riverboat Gambler. And then he stopped gambling. And then, uh, actually, he didn't stop gambling in the casinos. He stopped gambling on the field. Uh, <laughs> but he is, um, he made it to several championship games. He got over the hump once in his second year. Uh, but he's actually on the Hall of Fame ballot with Gary Pinkle. How do you feel about that? I don't mind it. I think Bob's impact at Oklahoma. Um, even, you know, if you add those bad years, it was, it was pretty substantial. I think he deserves it. But 
do you think he deserves? I don't know if he's a, a statue in front of the the stadium deserve. I mean, he already has a statue. I well, can always tear it down. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't. De- I don't. I don't think he would deserve a statue in front of a stadium entrance. But he already does. But I, I think that's more of a Bud Wilkinson thing, right? Right. He's, and a Barry Switzer thing. I think. I mean, if you put them all together, then that that'd be fine. That'd be okay. Um, maybe just singled out. Have it, but like, let's say Lincoln Riley wins a national title. Mm-hmm. Let's say he wins actually two national titles over the next. Let's say he stays at Oklahoma for another four or five years. So his career is a lot shorter than Bob's from '99 to 2000 and what 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to go down as a better coach in Oklahoma history? Bob I think it would be Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. You think so? Oh, yeah. Because Bob's take... biggest knock is he only won one championship and then kind of coasted. Whereas Lincoln, you know, right out of the gate, goes to three straight college football playoffs with three different quarterbacks and then finally gets over the hump once he fires the predecessor's brother <laughs> and then wins two in five years and hops off. So basically in ten years – Wow, not 10 years. Like seven years, Lincoln gets two. Yeah, I think he, uh, he'll he be regarded better than Bob, but I'm not, I'm not sure if he gets the statue. You think his legacy wouldn't be there because he didn't stay as long? Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking because Bob was there for forever. <laughs> Almost too long for some Beca- people. Yeah, <laughs> became the face of that program and just stayed there forever without, you know, It's ever better than improving. what's happening at Iowa right now. It's Kirk a little bit Ferentz. better. My goodness. Have you seen but, all the stuff happening at Iowa? <laughs> I watched the Kurt Ferentz, like, press conference. It's apology. bad. Like, all these foreign players come out and saying, like, yeah, you wouldn't have fun if you were not a white player in Iowa. It was not good. And, like, then all the other players formerly from Iowa, it was very uncomfortable and really, honestly, kind of sad and depressing reading that stuff. It's like, wow, like, I knew Iowa was, like, corn backwoods country, but I didn't know, like, it was – like that um so that's that's really kind of messed up so bob is uh yeah bob is you know he had his time in the xfl um he's on a short list of coaches you know uh that may might want to hire somebody else i don't bob's not done coaching i don't think he just wants to sport b- vodka and alcohol for the rest of his life yeah it seems like he got bored pretty quick yeah he did he, he grew a goatee you know? he also got a little bit healthier though so. he did he did so Lastly, before we get out of here, because we've both had a lot of downtime since really March, what are some new movies or some new shows you've really adopted to your own liking or maybe some things you've tried out that you liked? Uh, I binge-watched all the all the Harry Potters because of HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah? Yeah, binge-watched all the Potters. Um, I'm starting to go through, I'm trying to go through the Avengers thing. I, I did that. I did the same thing. I did the Avengers thing, and I did the Harry Potter thing pretty quickly. Because I didn't really watch anything but the actual Avengers movies and, like, some Iron Man movies. But I didn't go back and, like, watch because I didn't really know where all these characters came from. Yeah, so that's, that's one thing I'm revisiting. Any new video games or no? Uh, Whatever's on Game Pass. I've been playing Call of Duty a lot. Duty. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh... That's about it. Sounds like we have been doing very similar things without realizing it. 
I think a lot of people yeah, are doing similar anyway. things, to be quite frank, though. But anyways, I mean, so the reason why we started this podcast was because, I mean, Steven was supposed to be with us for post-game this coming year, but I said, hey, let's do a weekly thing, too, where we're just going to talk about recruiting and league news and just other random things, too. And so this podcast with me and Steven, which is the old crew back together, is going to be a normal thing every week. And hopefully there's definitely going to be a season so we can talk more about football as the season goes on. And really just, this really, man, it's just good to podcast regularly with you once again um, because we, oh, geez, we did this since 2015. So I yeah. feel like the social cues are totally there. And it's just <laughs> yeah. so easy and it's so effortless. So I'm really glad that we can do this back together and it makes such a smooth transition into the season. And I'm really glad to have you back. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you know, uh, kind of walking me through it and, and then inviting me on uh, during the, basically the off season. So, um, yeah, it's good to be here. But tell everybody where they could find any of the things and the discord and all the things we always used to say so we can get that settled. <laughs> So uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm at a lot. Um, it's at OUUpdatedSB. Um, you can also you know, join Discord. I put out links a lot. And if you ever need one, just DM me. I can send them out. Um, so that's where a lot of the community is. Um, we have over 100 members. So um, a lot of football talk, a lot of recruiting talk, and a bunch of kind of just random stuff. So Yeah, it's fun. It's, it, there's, it, the Discord never stops. It's always there. And a ton, a ton of different threads. And then when the new season starts, you have to delete all those old game threads and reopen other game threads. And it'll be a mess, but it's always good times, especially on game days and, you know, post-games and pre-game and just meltdowns during the games. It's all fantastic. So definitely go give Steven a follow. You know, old crew's back together. Joining the new crew is pretty exciting what's happening here. And uh, we will be sure to... You know, take your guys' Twitter questions in the future and Discord questions. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. And, you know, I'm at KMRobbingCCM. You know, check out CrimsonCreamMachine.com and give us a five-star review on iTunes or check us out on Spotify. And if you give us a review, it lets us, it lets more people see it because they say, oh, this podcast is getting more attention. So really appreciate all of you guys actually for listening to podcasts, sticking with us during a pandemic, and, you know, just really appreciate everybody staying with us and downloads are going back up because everybody's able to go work again. So it's fantastic. And we will check you guys later. <laughs>